Remember the old adage, what happens in Sodom and Gomorrah stays in Sodom and Gomorrah? Welcome to the Transformative Daft. Today we are on page 11 of Chagiga. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. And we learn that, unfortunately, nowadays it's okay to talk about anything, anytime, everywhere. Our Mishnah reminds us that certain topics are private and should only be discussed by those who are qualified in certain areas. Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my Chavrissa today. I like to begin with a story. Shabtai Tzvi was one of the greatest impostors in Jewish history. Presenting himself as Mashiach, he inspired tens of thousands of Jews to sell their homes and businesses and follow him into the Messianic era. Tragically, not only was his claim a false one, but he began to introduce strange practices into Judaism while neglecting much traditional practice. Emphasizing the study of Kabbalah over all other Torah learning, he anchored his cult in his fanciful interpretations of the esoteric tradition. En route to Jerusalem, however, he stopped in Turkey, where he was imprisoned by the Sultan for treasonous activity. Given the choice of conversion to Islam or death, Shabtai Tzvi chose to convert, claiming that he was on a sacred mission to elevate the lost sparks that had fallen into the lowest of the low of spiritual places. Most of his followers finally acknowledged his fraud and returned home broken and forlorn. A handful of devotees, however, chose to join him as Muslim converts. They came to be known as Donmeh, and a small community may still be found in Turkey today. Let's look at today's Gemara. One must not expound forbidden intimate physical relations in the presence of three people, nor may one expound the act of creation in the presence of two, nor may one expound to an individual the meaning of the divine chariot, unless he was wise and understands on his own. Whoever examines four matters, it would have been better for him had he never entered the world. What is above and what is below, what was before and what will be after. And anyone who has no concern for the honor of his maker deserves to have never come into the world. Let's analyze today's Gemara. In our tradition, there are certain subjects that are not expounded in public. They're considered sacred. To discuss them openly would be to diminish their sanctity. Take a look at the topics the Mishnah deems too holy for ordinary conversation. Notice the apparent odd one out. Why is the area of intimate relations grouped together with the metaphysical lofty concepts of God and creation? Historically, there have been places in the world famous for their depravity. Everyone knew that one could find the loosest morals and the fulfillment of people's basest animalistic desires in those cities. As terrible as they were, at least it was known that they were the exception, not the rule. Most upstanding human beings considered such behaviors abhorrent. To paraphrase, what happened in Sodom stayed in Sodom. Sadly, however, we now live in an age where the borders between pure and impure locales have been torn asunder. Immorality is to be found everywhere. What's more, no subject is taboo anymore. Many school curriculums insist on educating even the youngest children about life issues they will not encounter or need to address for many years. Culture wars are being waged between those who wish to defend traditional values and those seeking to impose their ideology on everyone else. But what distinguishes Judaism from other faith groups is that we are overly cautious even with regards to discussing those relationships of which the Torah approves. When such subjects are discussed amongst Torah scholars, euphemism and modest language are employed. These are sacred conversations. 
When a bride and groom prepare for marriage, they each learn one-on-one -on -one with a female and male mentor, respectively. Indeed, marital intimacy is such a private matter that at certain times of the month, even a husband and wife don't talk about such conversations. And incredible as it sounds, we even have a couple of words in the Torah that are not pronounced publicly due to their intimate nature. Why is the prohibition to discuss matters of physical intimacy taught in the same sentence as the exhortation against expounding the secrets of the universe? Because the marital union has the power to connect heaven and earth. Before God created humankind, he declared, let us make man. Nachmanides explains that God was calling on heaven and earth to come together in the creation of a being that would fuse physicality with spirituality. Only human beings are embedded with a soul and the ability to become divine agents. When a married couple brings life into this world, they repeat that original act of connecting heaven and earth. And yet, as far as the world is concerned, physical intimacy is little more than a function of our animalistic drive. That's why it's become so meaningless and casual. If that's all it is, then it should come as no surprise when one choice of relationship receives no preferred status over any other. In fact, this Sefer Kol Mavasa explains the problem discussing matters of God and the universe along similar lines. If we start thinking about creation in terms of before, after, up and down, we're using our limited physical conceptions and we've diminished the greatness of Hashem. For the Almighty, there's no concept of time and space. Those are ideas He created. Talking about Him in those terms makes Him just another physical being. Unfortunately, that's the way most people think, and that's why most people will never be intellectually and spiritually ready to discuss such lofty matters. Rabbi Sachs points out that this is why many people feel that science and religion contradict one another. Their mistake is that they think about God in physical terms and insert him into realms of the universe that they don't comprehend. For thousands of years, that was most of the universe. With the advances of science, however, we understand much more about the workings of the universe. Therefore, some people claim that we no longer need to resort to supernatural explanations to fill the gaps in our comprehension. The truth is, Rabbi Sachs explains, science explains our physical universe. God is beyond the universe which he created. Science explains what, religion explains why. To ascribe the what questions to God is to limit him. When people do so, they're guaranteed to fail. Some matters should be expounded publicly. Others must be studied at the right time by those qualified to discuss such matters or with the guidance of such masters. May you forever appreciate the difference between the holy and mundane, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Daf Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Daf Yomi global movement, there's something in the transformative Daf for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Daf with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe. To achieving a life of simcha and purpose, transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.